0: There are so many changes happening within our own society today, and many of those changes are happening within our schools as well. When I became an educator, there wasn't a lot of support in how to navigate those changes, and there weren't weren't really a whole lot of discussions about these changes I know as a teacher myself, how hard it is to understand and make sure that I'm empathetic to all the challenges our students face. I am creating a program to support all educators to build these skills together so that we can be better educators to our students and build support for each other we'll explore emotions. Did you know how much emotion you portray through your body and your body language? And how many emotions seem to be depicted in body language in really very similar ways? You'll find out if we do emotional charades because we will engage with each other and try and charade an emotion. And man, I will tell you, when somebody is trying to act out without any words an emotion, how confusing it may be to really figure out what emotion that person is trying to Express. Showing your emotions is extremely vulnerable. And so many of our students are taught at such an early age that they cannot show their emotions. I think of my own children who probably in preschool we're told, you're okay, that's all right, you're fine. Or I think of how many times I told my own children, there's nothing to be afraid of. Those messages are conveying a whole lot of information to students and children at a very young age, that emotions are not okay to be shown. And sometimes they're not even okay to have at home. After that activity, I'm going to ask my participants to keep a log of the body language that they see from their students and try and see if they can figure out what that student is feeling. And if they feel comfortable enough, check in with that student and see how often their interpretations are right. (coughs) Have you ever walked into your classroom and kind of already decided who the kids are that are going to be successful in your classroom and who are gonna struggle? What evidence and data do you base those decisions on? I think I often make those decisions based on biases and stereotypes. And I think about how often I may have prevented a student from being successful in any of my classes and how often we as teachers may have prevented that. Sometimes I like to think about the one-off kid who I rose and emulated and moved to the top of the position and felt really proud of myself for giving that student that opportunity. That one-off student. Maybe I had a couple each year, but not all of my students, what was able, I was not able to do that with all of my students. So I just want us to explore what some of our biases are. And so many of our biases are unknown to us. So examining our implicit biases will really help us to allow our students to have greater opportunities in our own classroom. Conversations are hard when you don't know what the other person is going to say. I like to call those difficult conversations. Um, When you do not see eye to eye with somebody, what avenue do you take in navigating your relationship with that person? Do you avoid them? Do you confront them? Do you potentially talk behind their back? I think we do all of those things. It's not beneficial anyone unless we confront those feelings why is it hard for us to confront somebody who's hurt us why is it hard for us to talk to somebody who has a different opinion than us and when we don't do that in our classrooms We're sending a message that difficult conversations aren't things that we should be doing and having. And I worry how that is impacting our very own students, no less how much it's impacting ourselves and each other and when we're stressed, we avoid them even more or we amp our emotions up even more. So we'll talk and think about how to navigate those situations better to benefit ourselves and our students. Do you consider yourself an ally? Do you know that you, or there are different stages of being an ally, and a lot of that allyship has to do with power. Power to, power over, power with. Brene Brown does a really great description of of the different levels of power and until she shared those levels of power with me I really didn't understand the impact they had on the things that I did for my students or with my students. The thing about being an ally is often you want to do what you think other person wants you to do. But in reality, if you don't ask the group or the other person what they need, then you're not really being an ally. And I think we need to examine how we can be better allies for the fringe groups, but also how we can be allies to every student in our classroom. They all need allies. Even the ones that you wouldn't think need an ally. So ask them what they need and try and help them from that perspective. Have you ever been asked to do something that you didn't wanna do all the time, right? So why do we not ask our students if they wanna do what we're assigning them? Is it because we're the teacher, we're the expert I don't think so. I think we're afraid of the answer. What if they say no? What does that mean for us? Well, if you're afraid, see what happens. I don't know. I guess I haven't really had the opportunity to specifically ask my students what they want to do or if they want to take that test or do that assignment. And this year with COVID, I think we're missing an incredible opportunity to get consent from our students to do the work that we're asking them to do. I reflect so often about the things that I assign and the things that I do in my classroom but that's always mostly just a self-reflection. Maybe once a year, I'll ask my students to give me a reflection about me as their teacher, but I don't do it enough. What would my classroom look like if I asked my students more often to give me consent to do an activity with them? would they engage even more because I gave them the opportunity to say no? You're probably wondering, well, what happens if they do say no? I don't know. Figuring it out together is a way to empower students. We are not the experts. We don't want to be the experts. We want to demonstrate our own learning and growth with our students together. I hope you take a look at my educator series, the ingredients of being a human and think about joining us for some of these conversations and several others. I don't think you would regret the, the time and effort that you put in to joining us. You can find more information on my website, wwwpeers not fearscom and in the shop. I'd love to have you join me.